0: Hello and welcome to Reasonably Fit. We're Jason and Lauren Pack, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants a more thoughtful and grounded approach to health and fitness.
1: If you'd like to support our show, we have a couple discount codes you can use on some of our personal favorite products. The first is our favorite workout footwear, Vivo Barefoot. Vivos are the best of the best when it comes to minimal footwear, and the Primus Lights are the shoes you see us wearing in all of our Instagram content. You can save 10% off your entire purchase with the code pack 10 That's P-A-K-1-0. Just go to www.vivobarefoot.com or click the link in our show notes to get a pair today. The second is for our favorite supplement brand, Legion. We've tried so many different supplement brands over the years, and right now nothing beats Legion. Our current go-tos are the whey protein powder, pulse pre-workout, creatine, and immune support, because if you listen to this show, you know our kids are constantly bringing home new viruses from school. We almost always turn down partnerships deals because we only ever want to work with brands that we use and love ourselves. And we actually reached out to Legion to partner because we love it so much. You can use code PAC20, that's pak 2 for 20% off your first order and then double loyalty points for subsequent orders, which is the equivalent of 10% cash back. Just go to www.legionathletics.com or click the link in our show notes. Using our codes really helps to support our show and it saves you money at the same time. So we think it's a win-win. Okay. With that said, let's get into today's episode.
0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to the podcast. Spring Hi. has sprung.
1: Oh, it is beautiful outside, and I'm
0: extremely allergic. The last probably week and a half or so, my eyes, my nose. You can hear it right now. I'm <laughs> nasally right now.
1: <laughs> I got you. I got you the last Zyrtec at the grocery store. Oh this yeah, morning.
0: I think everyone's getting affected.
1: Yeah, so I don't think you're alone. But I was very pleased that I was like, I texted you. I was like, Is Claritin okay? But I know you're a Zyrtec stand.
0: Claritin. Does nothing for me. Zyrtec <laughs> is okay. Well, clearly,
1: clearly the people who shop at the grocery store felt the same way because there was like the shelves were full of Claritin, but oh, Zyrtec really? was sold out. And then there was like, you know how when you take the last one, you see the like springy thing comes all the way to yeah, the front, yeah. but there was one behind it, like, oh. like down on its belly, hiding on away. Belly. <laughs> and I, I snagged it.
0: Nice. Yeah. So something I do to try to clear up my nose is I'll do all sorts of stuff. I'll do like a nasal spray, like an allergy spray. I'll sometimes sniff bottles of my hot sauce (laughs) just to clear up my sinuses. And my most recent sort of hack, which kind of works for like one minute, is to hold my breath for as long as I can. And I keep holding my breath. And then at a certain point, your nose will unblock just to get in some air. At this that sounds point, like biohacking. Yeah. At that point, then I'll breathe in and I can breathe for, I don't know, about a minute or so before before it gets all stuffed up again. But
1: Before your biology comes back to you. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm, actually, this is what I want to do Yeah, right it now.
0: sounds like a Huberman hack. Like, oh, wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. and hold your breath until the sun rises and then look directly at it.
1: Anyway, let's talk about...
0: Last night? <laughs> Let's talk about last night. (laughs) So last night we were working out and our son came down for the umpteenth time.
1: Yeah, he had already come down like three or four times. We thought he was definitely done. And then during our workout, so we work out in our basement, (laughs) I was like, I think I heard him again. And you were like, I don't know. And then literally two seconds later, you were like, Kendrick. <laughs> he was standing right there like creeping on us. He's
0: always like popping out like the sixth sense. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> he's in the corner. You just see like this little boy just looking at you with round eyes. <laughs> no emotion. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Anyone with kids probably probably has the same sentiment where when the kid comes down and they know they're supposed to be in their bed, supposed to be asleep, when you see them, they're on their best behavior. <laughs> Because they know that they shouldn't be there, and like you could have them go right up to their room, and so
1: like playing up the cuteness factor. Yeah, exactly. By a thousand.
0: And so I actually brought him into the gym a little bit and just started like picking him up and moving around the pieces of equipment, and he was like laughing and giggling and just just overall being extremely cute. And so we had him join us for the workout for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was so cute. We have a little plastic toy barbell set from Rogue. And he actually was like, he loves to bench press with it. That seems to be (laughs) his favorite lift currently. Um, So he is like, went right over to the bench and started doing his bench presses. And he did some squats with it on his back.
0: I I happened to be doing some cable chest presses while he was bench pressing. And he was looking over at me, assessing his own form. It It was really cute. It was
1: actually very cute.
0: We've been doing a lot of late night workout crews lately. Um... We have been actually been able to work out during the day, but we've been working on this project that we kind of wanted to share some inside scoop and inside knowledge on. We don't really have any platforms like Instagram or TikTok where we can kind of like talk about what we're working on, like in a more extended basis. So yeah, we wanted to just treat the podcast now as a way to clue you in on what we're working on from like a project standpoint.
1: Yeah, it can be like reasonably fit listeners get the first
0: Exclusive.
1: Yeah, exclusive look at upcoming projects. So,
0: yeah, so something that we've had a lot of requests for are a mobility program. Yeah. And we have one that we made in 2020 during the pandemic, and we created a at home, like follow along mobility workout series, and that was very well received. And we wanted to make sort of an update to that and taking some of the feedback from the previous um, Explore product and making it even better. So it's kind of like an Explore. I mean, at this point, it's an Explore 5.0 because we've just fully gone in and gone just to – the utmost lengths to make this as good of a mobility product as we could make it to be.
1: Exactly. So Explorer has like a full body 40-minute follow along and then an express 10-minute and then it has like a squat mobility breakout and an overhead mobility breakout. And those were great. Like they and we've had great feedback on it, but what we wanted to do here was make it a little bit more of like um a little bit more doable on a daily basis. Like it's really a lot to ask someone to do 40 minutes. And it's still kind of a lot to ask someone to do 10 minutes yeah. a day. Like it really is. But we do want people to be working on their mobility every day, like just getting these little movement snacks every day. So we wanted to make something that was more of like a daily practice, but that you could do in under five minutes a day. And so that's what we have been working on. It is very uh, like involved, like every single <laughs> mobility exercise that we chose, we filmed a video where we're going over the details speaking through it and showing you then we also took a picture then we also filmed a, a follow-along video for like the three movements that you put together in that one day to like go over that specific day so basically like three pieces of almost content for each and every exercise and how many are there like yeah
0: so we have six week six weeks Every single day, and each day has three moves attached to it, around three moves attached to it. And so Six that is seven. what? 42 times three is 126. 126 movements. That's math. And yeah, we've shot, shot it in three different ways. And the <laughs> sort of the exercise technique videos, not only do we have like how to do it, but we verbally go through cues and modifications, and we put captions on each of the videos, and we talk about which muscles that and joints we're trying to target. So we go through basically every single possible detail so that everyone feels extremely prepared going into it. Yeah. So we've had this project in the back of our minds for probably almost a year yeah. now. And just things have popped up. And now we finally feel like we have some time to dedicate towards this. Um, I'd say... We are not going to be releasing it for another couple of months or so, Mm -hmm. but we do just want to start filling you all in on what's going on in our sort of day-to-day lives that we're working on. Because oftentimes we're so like, just like head down and like work, 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 work. And then like we launch something or put together something and we just want to share more about it in a way that just feels just easy to talk about and like you're
1: part of the part of the process sort yeah of. so exactly. because yeah a lot of times we're like in the trenches so much that we don't talk about it and then we release it and like nobody knew it was happening or coming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like oh cool we had no idea and you know it's just nice to be able to be like hey this is what we're working on now and have you feel like you're a part of the the process and then when it comes out you're like uh, I listened to the podcast, so I already (laughs) knew this was coming. Friends of the pod.
0: So we have done about three weeks worth.
1: Yeah, we're halfway through. So
0: halfway through. And so this upcoming week is a Rise week, which means that we are programming the whole week and shooting videos and all that for Rise. So it's a big week for us. So this will be put on the back burner for a week or so. And then hopefully the following week, we wrap up the project and then we get to work on editing all the footage and making a new website and creating emails and all that sort of fun marketing stuff that we do in the background. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's kind of what we're up to these days. That's what
1: we're up to. Late night workouts with Kendrick and filming a mobility project. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get into today's topic.
0: Yeah. Today's topic is all about RPE. And we've touched upon RPE like on numerous podcasts, but we wanted to have one episode that we pointed people to so that whenever they had a question about RPE, we can just say like, hey, listen to this podcast, and hopefully it answers most of your questions.
1: Yeah, we'll have to say, listen to this podcast, but fast forward five minutes if you don't want to hear yeah. us talking about <laughs> our kids, kids and, and life. <laughs> um, but RPE, just to give for anyone who isn't familiar, stands for Rate of Perceived Exertion. And we use this as a way to help people choose their weights when they are going through our RISE program or really going through any program, a lot of programs will use RPE.
0: Yeah, so programs will use RPE. They might also use RIR, which means reps and reserve, another very similar concept. And other programs might use more specific percentages mm-hmm. where it's more of an exact number. So we go by RPE, and I guess the easiest way to sort of break it down is if you are doing a set and you're operating at a 10 RPE, it means that you're able to do zero additional reps at the end of your set. If you are operating at a nine RPE, that means you're able to do about one additional rep at the end of your set. If you're operating at an eight RPE, that means you'll be able to do two additional reps at the end of your set. And now this is a little bit fluid. It's not so cut and dry. But basically what we're trying to do is you take the number 10 and you subtract whatever RPE that we recommend. And that's how many reps that you should have left in the quote-unquote tank at the end of your set. And the reason why this is important is because when you're first starting out or you're less experienced, you have this idea in your head that every single set should basically be at an RPE 10 and that you should be operating at your max capacity. And I think you can get away with that, I would say, for, I don't know, a few months or so. But ultimately... You need to have a little bit more of a strategic approach if you want to keep progressing for the long haul. And so, the more advanced you get, the more you sort of enter into this intermediate slash advanced category, you really need to start your programs off at an easier RPE. And so, what that does is, as you're going through your new program, let's say you're on week one of a brand new program, and it says, hey, you want to do these squats for 8 reps at a 6 RPE. And so what that's really signaling to you is, okay, I'm going to choose a weight that I can do 12 reps with, but only do 8 reps. And what happens then is that that first week, you're doing those 8 reps, and it actually should feel challenging, but ultimately very doable. And what happens is during that first week, you just, you're just kind of feeling things out and you're really practicing the lift, you're developing better proficiency with the lift and you're just going through the workout at a very just confident way. Mm. And then if you're on a good program, it'll tell you to progressively overload in some manner. It might tell you to increase weight or in- increase reps or sets or something will increase and that's where... This RPE comes into play because if week one, you start off at an RPE 10, more than likely the next week, you're not going to be able to increase weight or increase reps because you've already been working at your max capacity. And so you're going to hit your ceiling really quickly because you chose an aggressive weight to start off with. However, if you start off with a weight that feels very completely in your control by starting off at an RPE-6 or an RPE-7 or whatever the program recommends, then as the weeks go on, you're able to incrementally increase weight, increase reps, increase difficulty, and it gives your body time to actually repair itself, recover, and get stronger. And so you might end up close to an RPE-10 by the end of week four or week five of your program. But throughout that time, you've been building muscle, you've been building strength, you've been jo- uh, building joint resiliency, you've been building tissue tolerance, you've been developing technical proficiency with the lifts, and all of this stuff really takes a lot of time. And you need those weeks, those days, just to like really have your body adapt to these Um, stimuli. And the only way to really do that is by operating at a lower RPE than your true max potential.
1: Yeah. One thing you touched on that I was thinking about as you were talking about all that was the technical proficiency part of it, because I think that that's something that isn't Um, talked about enough is the fact that if you want to get better at a skill, which lifting is a skill, like there's a lot of skill to it. There's a lot of technique. There's a lot of learning that happens along with muscle building and along with getting stronger. You're like also just learning how to move your body in these different ways. You can't do that. You can't learn when you're operating at a 10 out of 10. You're just surviving it. And so there is not really a chance for you to say, to assess like, how is my form right now? And am I doing this correctly? Because you're just like, don't get crushed by this weight. Don't get crushed <laughs> by this weight. Don't get crushed by this weight. So that is a massive reason why I think that starting, especially when you're on week one of a new program, starting at a six or a seven RPE is going to give you so much more potential for growth, not in just building muscle, but in just understanding your the movements that you're doing.
0: Yeah. And speaking of six and seven, like the sweet spot for where the bulk of your volume should come from is around the 6 to 8 rep range uh, 6 to 6 to 8 RPE range <laughs> or if you're talking about percentages somewhere in the 60 to 85% range is where you want to get the bulk of your volume from and that's kind of like uh, i i've heard powerlifters refer to this sort of zone as like the meat and potatoes like <laughs> this is where you should really have The majority of your lifts and your volume coming from whereas most people think that your strength happens in that sort of 90 to 100 percent range and we've gone through phases of that as well where we're operating at that 90 to 100 percent range and like for like four weeks we feel awesome weights are really increasing because we're usually at lower rep ranges but at a certain point we just completely hit our plateau and then we sort of like fizzle out fizzle out or we hit a plateau or we get little aches and pains and stuff like that. And so it's important to look at the entire spectrum of RPE from 1 to 10 or the complete spectrum of percentages from 1% to 100% and treat it as a bell curve. And that part where it's the highest, like that's where you want to spend most of your time in. And you want to spend limited time in the either end of the extremes. Mm. And so that's the reason why we tend to max out very infrequently. We do it every once in a while because those ex- those um, sort of extreme ranges are important to explore, but we don't do it all the time because if we did, then again, we'd sort of like fizzle out. It would be just too much intensity on our body. So the sweet spot where you really have the ability to build muscle, build strength, build technical proficiency, not beat up your joints as much, is in that six to eight rep range. And that's why we almost always start our programs in that six to eight rep range, RPE range initially <laughs> in week one. Yes. Now, one of the cons, and it's not even really a con of RPE training, is it's really difficult to understand where you are at in terms of RPE, especially if you've never used it before. And, you know, we put up this sort of graph in our Facebook group of what it means when you're an eight RPE and you have two additional reps left in the tank. And like we have that all laid out, but it's really difficult to put it into practice if you've never used it before. It's mm-hmm. like you're done at the end of set and you're like, mm, I don't know, like maybe I had four reps, maybe I had six. I, I'm not exactly sure. And it's only through repetition and practice and going to failure at times where you start to truly figure out like where you are at in terms of that RPE scale. And so if you are someone who is starting on rise or who is just starting a strength training program and they have RPE or RIR, I think the biggest thing that we want to get across is it doesn't have to be exact. And that's kind of the the beauty of it because if you're following a sound strength training regimen, it's going to start you at a sub maximal load and it's going to progressively overload you over time. And so as long as you start at a relatively conservative number, like you're going to eventually get to those RPE 9s and 10s and just over time, you're going to be able to figure things out and you don't have to worry about that the first couple of weeks are going to be a waste of time because you haven't figured out your exact RPE and you're working at two submaximal of a level. It's... That really doesn't matter and doesn't come into play as long as you're following a sound strength training regimen because it's going to have enough volume built in that's going to just account for that fact. And when you take workouts over the long haul, like three, four, five, six months at a time, like all that sort of comes out in the wash. So if you are sitting there at home like "Ah, week one, I, I don't know if these are the right weights or not. Just pick a weight, be Kind of conservative with it and just move forward and just know that in the grand scheme of things, this is all going to come out of the wash and you're going to be totally fine as long as you continue to progressively overload.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of people who get really nervous about picking their weight at the beginning of a new Rise program or when they first join Rise. And then we'll get like questions in the group a lot that are like, I got, or I'm on week three. And I can't, I can no longer hit eight reps at the weight that I'm, I've been increasing at. So like they started at, let's say they started at hundred pounds and then they went up five pounds in week two and they still got to hit their eight reps. Why do I keep saying reps? (laughs) Uh, Then week three, they went up another five pounds, they're at 110 pounds, but they just barely could hit those eight reps. And then by week four, they're at 115 and they're only hitting like six reps or something. Our advice is like, don't worry about it. It's fine, but... You, like that goes to show you that you went a little too high, that your RPE was probably closer to an eight on week one instead of a seven. And that's why you weren't able to build up throughout this entire four week program. So it's not the end of the world. It's just a matter of like and what we would say on week four is just go back to your week three weights and mm-hmm. and hit the reps instead. Right. Because then that kind of resets your RPE. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, But yeah, I think people get so worried that they can't follow it perfectly and that they messed up. It really is not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. And it really is just about figuring out what is actually a seven, what is actually an eight for you personally. It's going to take some trial and error.
0: Yeah, and what's really helpful with RPE is the fact that it also really takes into account whatever season of life you're in. And so in RPE, when you are... In a season of life life where everything is really going really smoothly and going really well, and you have a lot of energy, can be completely different from an RPE eight when you are in the middle of you know very difficult times. Like (laughs) uh, I don't know, like you just got sick for three weeks, you've been traveling, you're in a busy season of work, like whatever it might be, you're able to have the RPE scale be much more qualitative based rather than quantitative based.
1: Yeah. That's why we like to use it as opposed to percentages. So when you're using percentages, if you've ever been on a program that says like, you know, 70% of your one rep max, which for a lot of people joining a new program, they don't know their one rep max. So immediately that's like, uh, I don't know. And do I have to max out a lift that I've never really practiced before to find that out? Like that can be hard. But also even if you know your one rep max, like if somebody was going to ask me my deadlift one rep max, I don't know that I could accurately say what it is because mm. I haven't tested it in a while, but I would give it a guess. But then that means that my entire next, like, I don't know, four, eight, 12 weeks of programming is based on that sort of guess. And it doesn't take into account any sort of deviations from like my feeling good one rep max mm. time in my life, right? Yeah. So, like, I love RPE because you can be having a bad week and just say, like, okay, well, this feels, this weight feels like an eight for me today it's 10 pounds less than it was last week, but it's still an eight. Mm. Instead of I have to go up to 75% of my max this week. So that's a specific number that I have to hit. Um, So it is very much more just like individualized to you and how you're feeling in that day. And the idea in a progressively overload uh, heavy program is that you do increase the weights week to week. And like That's in a perfect scenario, but it just gives you that freedom to say, you know what, I need to scale the weights back because that's what feels like an eight to me today.
0: Yeah. And there's something really stressful about going into your program and it being like, okay, you need to hit, you know, so-and-so reps at 74.5% of your 1RM. (laughs) And if you don't hit it, you feel like you've completely failed the program and that you're just totally just... Losing results because when the percentages are so exact, it very much feels that you're doing something wrong if mm. you're not able to hit the amount of reps and for the amount of sets. And, and it so,
1: throws you for a total like mental loop. Like, yeah. I just remember so many programs that I would just be like, I need to switch, I need to like basically ditch this program and switch to something completely different because I've basically failed it at this point. Like, I can't keep going up in this like percentages and I just I'm I'm just going to move on to something new and that makes it so that you don't actually see as good of progress as you could if you just scaled it back or just had a little bit more flexibility in the weights that you were choosing but kept going with the program cuz the program itself is there for consistency it's there for repetition and repeating certain exercises the percentages are there as a guide but oftentimes they are they make you feel like if you can't do it you might as well ditch the program altogether.
0: Yeah. And like these programs, they were initially put together for people where their lives are revolving around powerlifting or Olympic lifting or whatever it might be, some sort of strength sport. But when applied to someone whose life doesn't revolve around competing at these sports and they have jobs and kids and whatnot that's where it gets a little bit tricky. And so now these programs, even if they use percentages um, to sort of dictate their weights, what they'll do is they'll say, take your 1RM, now take 10% or 15% off your max 1RM and that is your new training max. And then take 70% of that training max. And so this basically just goes to show you, again, it's not like this very perfect calculation. All we're looking to do is operate at a sub-maximal level in the context of the rep range and where you are in the program. That's all we're looking to do. And so at that point, RPE, even though it feels just kind of like, "Mm, I don't really know, like I think percentage would be way more precise, they end up becoming the same thing Mm -hmm. because when you take into account taking 5 to 10 to 15% off your training max like it just depends on the author of the program. They're going to say like take 5% off, take 10% off. E- each new program that comes out nowadays have, has has a sort of like baked in percentage standard deviation for their training max. And so it's everything isn't perfect to begin with. So yeah. just start at a conservative level. Don't worry about choosing the exact precise weight because it all just sort of comes out in the wash over time. Now, I will say That RPE and percentages, these really come into play most importantly for the main lifts, like Mm. bench press, squat, and deadlift. And they can also apply to, let's say, RDLs and hip thrusts and, and overhead presses, like things that are very compound, using two legs, using two arms. And yeah, just a very progressive overload friendly type of lift. And it matters like a little bit less in terms of isolation-based exercises Mm. like bicep curls or tricep extensions or lateral lateral raises. And often for those exercises, we're often operating at an RPE 8, 9, 10. We're just pushing it a little bit further, and we actually want you to get closer to almost complete fatigue for a lot of these lifts just because it does have a better – it lends itself better to hypertrophy when you push yourself um, that hard on these more like single joint type of exercises. So, you know, I would say take RPE and percentages and reps and reserve like pretty seriously for the main lifts. But for the other lifts, I would say it's a little bit less important. It's more just like, are you working hard? Just challenge yourself, work hard, get close to failure by the end of the program and good things will happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've done... uh a set of bicep curls to failure and you've done a set of heavy back squats to failure, you know that's not the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> really, like, you can do a heavy, you can do a set of bicep curls to failure, put them down, rest a minute and do it again. Yeah. You can't do that. If you go to failure on a back squat, you're done for the oh, day, oh if God. not the week. It's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. And so there, it's just completely different. It's a completely different way that your system is is taxed, basically, when you're doing a compound lift like a squat or a deadlift versus when you're doing a single joint exercise where you can push that one little muscle to failure and then the rest of your body's like, I'm good. We're fine. We can move <laughs> on. We can do another set or we can do other exercises. So that is less like you were saying, like it's less important to be like, ooh I don't want to push too hard. Like you actually can push hard on that because you can recover so much more easily from that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, for body weight or hit or like a group exercise class, like you can operate... You know, close to a ten, and that'll be totally fine. Because oftentimes it's really lightweight or body weight. Yeah.
1: Now, I will say the fear of that we have for, I would say, most people is that they will pick too high of an RPE um, because a lot of people are used to pushing really hard, especially if they come from like a group class background or just like a high rep, high volume bodybuilding type of background. We fear that they're going to choose too high of an RPE for some of the main lifts, but there's also the contingency that tends to choose too low of an rpe and doesn't really like doesn't really and i'm putting myself in this group doesn't really know what only having two reps left feels like or what only having three reps left feels like like sometimes when i think i'm at a 7 i'm like if i really think about it i probably could have done five more like yeah. i am i really going to fail if i do two more reps or could i actually do three four five like it it is still hard. An RPE 7 and 8 is still really hard. And you're you're still going to feel close to you're going to feel really tired at the end of that set. And sometimes I think it can be easy to be like, "Ooh, I don't want to go too high." And so you can underestimate your RPE as well. So that's something that you you kind of have to know who you are. which which camp you fall into like am i somebody who tends to always be pushing too hard or am i someone who's like enjoys (laughs) feeling fresh after a set
0: you know i this is a very just interesting dichotomy because i feel like the general recommendation we give for people who are more beginner or less experienced or just haven't even been on a strength training program like that's been scheduled out for a long period of time typically goes too high of an RPE yeah. initially, right? And so we're always telling them like, hey, you need to be conservative week one because then otherwise you'll plateau in the next couple of weeks and et cetera, et cetera. But then there comes a point where now this person has been on a progressively overloaded strength training program for you know six plus months or a year plus. And now they're entering into this sort of like intermediate category where they're actually getting pretty experienced They'll slowly get to a point where they get into a different sort of comfort zone, Mm. like you mentioned. Of now they're challenging themselves, but they actually have built up so much fitness that they have way more in the tank than they even realize because they've been operating at this sort of six to eight rep range, um, sort of range. And so they've developed RPE range. range. (laughs) Oh my God. Six to eight RPE range. And they've developed this incredible foundation. And the bigger the base, the bigger foundation, the higher the peak is, and they just in their heads mentally have a lower peak than they actually truly do. Right. And so when you get to this sort of intermediate stage, that's when you need to start to reevaluate and realize that if each start of a new program, you undersell yourself and you kind of sandbag it for (laughs) lack of a better word then you will start to diminish your results a little bit because you're not pushing the envelope that like higher, I Yeah, guess.
1: yeah exactly.
0: These tend to be the people that are very, very focused on form. They yes. don't want any deviations in their form and they want their sets all to be looking picture perfect mm-hmm. for a good video. But <laughs> at this point, you know, it, it is okay. You're, you're working hard. You're pushing hard. Not every rep is going to be this picture-perfect rep and, like, totally in your control. Like, sometimes you need to get into that territory of, like, okay, I'm coming down. I don't know if I'm going to come back up. And then you just push yourself really hard you to actually through. get that rep uh, for a bench press or a squat or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, obviously, practice safe sets with <laughs> <laughs> with a lifting partner or, or um, spotting arms and stuff like that. But you know. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like a phrase? That is a phrase, yeah.
1: (laughs) I've never heard it. It really really got me. All
0: right. So that's basically it. You know, one other example that I tend to give just to have even more sort of clarity about this is I always relate it back to running, which is really funny because I'm not a runner (laughs) and I don't run. But let's take a marathoner. And they are training for a marathon. They're trying to run 26.2 miles You know, at the end of, let's say, 12 or 16 weeks. Operating at a RPE 10 like you do in the weight room would be like telling this marathon person who's just trying to build up in a strategic way to a marathon mileage. That's basically telling them every single time you go out to go on a run, run as fast as you can for as long as you can. For as hard as you can. And basically you're telling them to do that every single week. And for the majority of you, you're going to understand that that person is going to run into a plateau. They'll get burnt out. They'll get all sorts of injuries like stress fractures or muscle pulls and muscle aches. They're just not going to be fully recovered. And so you want to think about that in the exact same way as you do for your weight training. Try not to operate in an RPE 10. It's not like running three miles, but it is very stressful on your body to operate at an RPE 10. And so what marathon runners do, long-distance runners do, is they're slowly increasing their total volume of mileage over time, and they're doing so strategically. Like some days they'll have shorter runs where they go a little bit faster. Sometimes they'll have moderate runs where they're running sort of at a medium pace, Sometimes they'll have longer runs where they'll go at a slower pace for much longer distances, and they're just accruing miles on their body over time, and over time, their joints start to get stronger, their tissues start to become more tolerant of the load that they're putting into their body, their muscles get stronger, and of course, they're they're getting better and better conditioned and aerobically um, just better conditioned. And it just takes time to do that. And so it's the exact same way with uh, weight training as well we're just trying to get a lot of volume in that sort of 60 to 80 to 85 percent range getting a lot of volume and reps there, building a strong foundation, building a strong base so that then we can keep improving that peak higher and higher and higher and again the only way to do that is by giving your body the time it needs to recover in between workouts and in between days and you can only do that with some maximal loads. And so that's the crux of RPE. Make sure you operate at a submaximal load RPE so that over time you can progressively overload and your body can slowly adapt to those uh, stimuli over time.
1: Boom. All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think that covers the... Ultimate guide to RPE, <laughs> to understanding that was RPE. a lot of
0: RPE talk, yeah. It
1: was, it was. But clearly you've been answering this question a lot because you're just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> no planning for today. You just went right into like, it and you this. knew exactly what you wanted to say. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I do want to say thank you so much to everybody who took <laughs> me seriously last week when I was like, reviews really do matter. It's not a throwaway thing. We actually really read them. Um, so I'm going to read a couple that we just got because, look, one – two, three. We got four from me doing my mom guilt. (laughs) Um, we got one from, oh, well, this is confusing. It's a five-star review, but their name is four star one. (laughs) Um, but they said engaging, understandable and knowledgeable. Roroma.ninja said a breath of fresh air. Bassmith, The A. Smith 24 said just what I needed. Really, really nice reviews. All five stars. We're so appreciative.
0: And I saw on Spotify, actually, I feel like we jumped up like 50 ratings or so we've kind of broken into that 300 category so thank
1: you to our spotify listeners too i just found out that we're only in spotify we're only listed as a health podcast and i'm trying to get us listed as a fitness podcast too um because i'm like maybe we're not even be able to be found um because health is like that's a pretty overarching topic (laughs) so i'm trying to fix that um but thank you for to our spotify listeners too so also on spotify did you know you can leave i just found this out from a podcast i was listening to you can leave a like a comment on the episode. So you can't leave, you can only leave ratings for the podcast as a whole, but you can actually go to the episode and leave like a specific comment on that episode. Oh, that's cool. Which I thought was cool. I had no idea. I didn't either. And I actually haven't gone through all of our episodes to see if anybody has done that. But (laughs) if you want to in the future, now I'm going to be looking out for it. So if you're a Spotify listener, that's a way that you can share your thoughts with us as well. Or of course, you can go to at reasonablyfitpod on Instagram and comment on the episode... um, picture that we put up for that day so that we know that you if you enjoyed it or if you have any questions about it we answer them there
0: yeah so i believe that is all we have for you today absolutely until next time so out happiness in